Come on in, have a seat. We'll uh, get started. We want to welcome everyone to our service this morning. Thank you for being here, being part of our service. You know, we have so much to be thankful for here at the Boonville Church of Christ, and we are so glad that you're here and a part of that. We come together this morning to worship the Lord, and as we do, we put aside all of the cares of this world and Focus upon worshiping God and His Son, Jesus. Let's start our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank You for all of the things that You give to us each day, for the many blessings that You bestow upon us. Father, as we enter into our worship time together, we pray that we will have a worship that's pleasing to You, and Father, be with us and help us to see the great things that we can accomplish through you. These things we ask through Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. We'll be singing first this morning, Come Thou Fount, Come Thou King. Would you stand with me as we sing together, lift our voices to God and praise to Him. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart, to <clears throat> thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me ever to adore thee. May I still thy goodness prove, while the hope of endless glory fills my heart with joy and love. 
was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a home. Now your grace is always with me, and I'll never be alone. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing. Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter by my wandering heart to thee. Never let me wander from thee, never leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for the courts above. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride, to you we sing, come thou found of our blessing. Come thou found, come thou king. Come thou precious Prince of Peace, hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing. Amen. Be seated. <clears throat> Every time I kneel to pray, I open up my heart to my Lord. Every time I close my eyes, I feel the sweet embrace of my Lord. I don't know why so many things seem to get in the way of seeing my God's glory, but I try every
is given me. Every time I see a child, I see the gentleness of my Lord. Every time I watch a storm, I know the awesome power of my Lord. I don't know why so many things seem to get in the way of seeing my God's glory. But I try every to thank Him for all the things He's given me. Every time I see the cross, Pray with me. Our kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us to come out and worship you, Father, and sing these songs of praise. Father, we ask you be with the ones that have been mentioned as being sick. And Father, we'd be in keeping with our will, help them have that portion of health restored they so desire. Father, we also thank you for your son who died on the cross for our sins. Father, we pray you speak with each one of us and forgive us of our sins. And thank you for your son that we might have hope for eternal salvation with thee. In Christ's name, amen. On the invitation will be number 508, our wonderful Savior. 508, if you'd like to mark that. Uh, we'll sing a couple of songs before Brother Ken brings us a lesson, starting with number 712. Jesus is coming soon. Troublesome times are here, filling man's heart with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is that stake. Humbling your heart to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims strong, Christians awake. Love of so many cold, losing their home of gold. Missing God's word is told, evil abounds. When these signs come to pass, nearing the end at last, it will come very fast, trumpets will sound. Troubles will soon be o'er, happy forevermore. When we meet on the shore, free from all care, 
Rising up in the sky, telling this world goodbye. Homeward we then will fly, glory to share. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise, righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies, heavenward bound. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. to my feet and a light unto my path. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Thank you so much, Andrew, for reading our scripture today. And thank you, Jeremy, for the selection of songs. Just powerful sentiment. That last song that we sang, Thy Word, used to be the introductory song to a radio program I used to do. And boy, that just brought back a lot of memories for me, flooded in just those few moments. So really appreciate that so much. Today is a beautiful day. We have assembled for the purpose of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And I hope that you have set your mind, your heart to do that. Probably you prepared beginning yesterday thinking about this occasion and about giving it your all, glorifying and lifting God up. Today is also a day that Anita and I are looking forward to all of you coming by for a visit. We're not going to have a lot of chairs sitting around because we don't want you to stay all day. <laughs> but we do want you to come and spend a few minutes with us and you know, know, know where we are and let that just be the first time. You feel free to come and visit 
anytime. Today, I want to talk about what we face in our life, trouble. And I want us to understand without any qualification at all that our God is a refuge in troubled times. If you don't believe that right now, I hope by the time we finish that you will be assured that it's true and that you'll be committed to putting your absolute trust in Him and being able to transcend some of these troubled events that we face. Before we start that, though, let's pray that God will bless us, that He'll help me to lead it, but to kind of get out of the way so His Word can do its thing. And then I pray that all of us will have our hearts right so we can receive the message. And today, especially, more than anything, just to be encouraged. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You for the privilege it really is to be here today, to worship You, to lift You up, to let you know that you are our primary concern in this moment. We're thankful for the vehicle of song that we've used to express some of those ideas and the emotions that it stirs up in us. We pray even that part of us brings glory and honor to you. We pray, Father, now as we're opening your word in this time of meditative contemplation of Again, our our time of worship through this study that you will help us to really receive the message that you intend for us to receive. That in this moment, you'll help me to express the thoughts that I have gathered on the basis of what your word reveals. I pray that that's helpful to somebody here today. And I also pray for our hearers that Every last one of us will benefit from considering your word because it's so powerful and meaningful. It it truly, truly is pure and flawless. I pray we'll take it that way. Not looking to change it or manipulate it in some way, but to take it for what it is and to adhere ourselves to it and make changes if necessary. Thank you for loving us enough to show us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't think that anybody would disagree that we live in troubled times, If when we first started even the virus situation, some people were resistant, I'll tell you in the beginning, I wasn't sure there really was a virus out there, but I came to realize it was true. I know that we're living in troubled times. It's not just the virus. We hear the news. We know about our own national woes. We see events around the world. We say, man, these, these things are troubling. They have the potential to create anxiety in us. That's why I I would assert, there's no doubt about it, that we live in troubled times. But my question really for all of us today is, are we troubled by it? 
Nothing wrong with admitting that the times are troubling. But our response to them, now that's going to get down to what we really trust in. Because I will tell you, my experience and the experience of most of us is that things run in cycles. So there will be a period of time when things look pretty rough and then eventually they right themselves. That's just the nature of things. But how we respond, that reflects more deeply. What is it that we really trust in? I'm going to tell you that if you are troubled deeply by the things around you, then it's possible that your perspective is wrong. I know the truth of the matter is that even in troubled times, I can find a refuge. As we're going to see today, of course, that refuge is God. And the only way God is going to serve as a refuge for you and me in troubled times is if we absolutely put our trust in Him. Now, I want to start with that which instructs us about the things of God. I want us to see, as this text sets it up, that God's Word is described as being pure. In fact, our text says that every word of God is pure. Some translations, instead of having that word pure there, have the word flawless. Well, I love that. It's not just the sense of purity in that, oh, you know, I like it, it fits, it's just right. It's not just that. The Word of God is flawless in the sense that it stands and everything else is measured against it. And in respect to the Word of God, that message is what actually reflects our God Himself. Now, let's back up for a moment. A lot of people assert that they believe in God or some power, and they would go even so far as to say, you know what, I, I, I don't even need the Word of God to help me to understand that there is that greater power. All I have to do is just go outside and experience the creation. And then I, you know, I just know. I had a friend one time who was traveling the country, and he called me in the moment. He said, I am on the rim of the Grand Canyon, and I want you to know that I am just compelled to sing how great thou art. You know what I said? Go ahead. (laughs) You know, sing it. Maybe I would do the same thing. I was in a boat one time, the Maid of the Mist, where I had been taken to the very edge of the downfall of the Niagara Falls. And I felt like I was in the midst of a hurricane, just the the torrential waterfall and the powerful winds. It was amazing. And I could say in that moment, if I'm singing in my heart how great thou art, or just rejoicing in God, this is awesome as it reflects the power of God. And there is, of course... The truth to that, when I see the grandeur of creation, I cannot help but reflect on the Creator. Just the other night, did you see it? I think it was Thursday night. We were out traveling and the sky was just perfectly clear. You could actually see a couple of planets that were shining their brilliant lights. 
That just testifies to a great creator. In Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Man, that is just an awesome description of the evidence of God's presence. And I, I get the sense that David, the great psalmist of Israel, when he was maybe there tending his sheep, he could do as we often do, just look up into the expanse of the heavens, and he could say, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the adventure. When I consider the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have made, what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Can, can you see that? And maybe you didn't have those words, but when you looked into the depths of the universe, you couldn't help but be amazed at what you saw and to contemplate just how small you are in the midst of that. But oh, to think that God did create us and did look upon us. It's just amazing what the creation could do. Matthew Fontaine Murray, when he read this particular psalm, Psalm 8, when that text talked about the paths of the sea, his faith was so strong in the Word of God that he said, if the Bible says there are paths in the sea, then I will find those paths of the sea. And he became the first in the field of oceanography. In fact, there's a, a statue in Richmond, Virginia, of him with his finger pointing at the Bible on the verse that describes that truth. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. But you know, Matthew Fontaine Murray, he was reverse engineering, wasn't he? He didn't discover it and then happen to read that the thing was true. He actually read the scripture and then said, well, if that's true, I will go find it. Most people are like that. I'll reverse engineer everything. I will try to discover it, and then if it's satisfactory, then I'll find something to undergird that truth. You and I, if we want to know God, it's going to take more than just seeing the expanse of the universe. If I really want to know that God's Word is pure, flawless, it's going to take more than just being impressed with a grand canyon or a large fall. It's going to take more than just the physical universe. Not only as evidence, but of truth. To know the God that created those things. To build a relationship of expectations with the one who has created you and me. 
That requires much more. And in order to facilitate that actual thing, God sent His own Son. In Hebrews chapter 1, beginning verse 1, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, He has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. What's great about that depiction there of Jesus, having been lower than the angels, but being exalted by God as the Son of God, really plays on that Psalm 8 text. In fact, that becomes a teaching in these first two chapters. But don't miss this part. God has spoken. And he's spoken through many instruments, but ultimately this text tells us that the final word comes through his son. God has spoken through his son. And oh, did he speak. He spoke into a world of darkness, one that was not even ready for the reception of light, at least for the perception of that light. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. The same was with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. And so this, verse 14, that Word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the combining of the two things, right? Now we can experience Him, actually have Him in our presence, but also hear what He has to say. So experiencing God and hearing the very Word of God, all packaged in the Word, Jesus Christ. But Jesus also empowered His apostles to communicate that Word as witnesses of that majesty and glory. In 2 Peter chapter. 1, beginning at verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, till the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The message of God, that message that our text says is pure or flawless was not something that was devised by the minds of men, but was communicated by the Holy Spirit Himself to earthen vessels like Peter, who could communicate to the masses the real Jesus. Even Paul, later, as he's preaching the gospel, probably is presented with the same questions of where this doctrine comes from. 
And in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, he says, now let me, let me make sure you understand this, that the message that I preached did not come from men, nor was I taught it, but it came by revelation of Jesus Christ. That message that has been revealed by God in His Word, that Word is the message that we are responsible for. It is that message that will describe for us the true God of heaven, the one who made the expanse of the universe, the one who made the great Grand Canyon and the great waterfall, Niagara. It was God who made those things possible. Now, as I examine those words, I cannot help but be affected by them because they are, after all, the mind of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, the Scripture says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews chapter 2 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also testifying both with signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. God has testified. So will we heed the message that he speaks or not? It's interesting to me that in this time of trouble, you're hearing all kinds of messages about how we might find comfort. Many of them are not God-centered, they are man-centered. You know, it's interesting that the following verse to our text, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6, says, Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Be honest, it may be that something God says is the remedy to my time of trouble may not sit well with me. But that does not nevertheless make it untrue. What God says is true. And what he says, let it be true. And as this text says, let every other man be a liar. God's word is the answer to our time of trouble. But having said that, let's understand the second thing that is asserted in our text And that is, just as much as God's word, every word, is pure, the text also says that our God, he is a shield. In fact, our God is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Okay, now watch that qualifier. God will shield you, but you got to get behind the shield, right? That's trusting in Him. I'm siding with the Lord. I'm not trying to make it my own way. I'm, I'm here, Lord, so trust Him. If what the Scriptures assert is true, and if the answers to our troubles are there, if we will trust Him and He will deliver us, then let's stand right there with Him. Let's hold on to the promises of God. Let's see that He is true. So if I trust Him, what am I going to trust Him with? Well, I will tell you I'm going to trust Him in terms of my own guidance. 
because people are making lots of mistakes in our time of trouble these days. And they are forsaking things that in a lifetime of faithfulness they would never have ever forsaken. But in the, in the sense or in our time of accommodation, in our time of, of inadequacies, we, we, we feel shelter, we need protected, and so we take measures into our own hands. And even when the all clear maybe has sounded, we're still afraid. What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of if God is truly our shield? I'm telling you, I need Him to guide my steps, or else I'm gonna make some really foolish decisions as I move forward. So, I think of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. If I'm trusting Him, if, if He's going to be my refuge, then I'm going to trust Him for all of it. I'm going to get behind the Lord. He's going to resolve the issue. I'm just going to go with Him. I know Jeremiah expressed it in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. I think I've got it all figured out. You know? I longed for the day when we as a church finally said, you know what, let's come back together. Uh, the, the time has settled, most everybody's vaccinated, we've had a lot of bouts with this virus, we have taken use of technology, we have made it possible for people to be safe. But how long will we go that way? You know, we've, we've come back together. We're here to participate in spirit and in truth. We need contact with one another. And there is no virus that will stand in the way of our encouraging and our building one another up. I often hear that story of the coals. You know, you light a fire in a pit and you've got all of your, your coals together. As long as those embers are close, tightly knit together, the heat from that fire will remain for hours. But you take one of those briquettes and you remove it from that intense heat, set it on the side by itself, and it isn't but a few minutes before that fire goes out. We need one another. And while we make accommodations for a time because of perceived danger, the fact is that even in the midst of extreme trouble, God is still on His throne, is He not? God is still the one that we trust, do we not? And if we are trusting in the Lord, and we use good common sense, then why isn't it reasonable for us to say, Lord, guide my steps. What is your expectation of me? And so here we are, right? We realize the importance of being together. And for those who still remain outside, come on back. Come enjoy fellowship with us again. Let's trust in the Lord together. I trust in the Lord, don't you? For eternal life. Eternal life to those who by patient endurance are able to attain to it. Romans chapter 2 and verse 7. Patient endurance. That's just hanging in there, sticking to it, and sticking to it for the long haul. Let's do that. Let's commit ourselves to it.
But here's the transition that I want to make with you. Yeah, I'm trusting God, and God is my shield. But Jesus helped us to make the transition from the confidence, the overall absolute confidence that we would have in God, who has not only revealed Himself in the essence of creation, but has actually spoken the words by which we must live. Jesus, the Word of God, came along to say, if you can handle that, then transition that trust to me. Isn't that what he said? John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Listen now. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Put another way. Jesus is looking at his disciples whose hearts are low, are burdened with the thought of his departure. And he says, you believe in God, and I know you do, don't you? And of course they would nod their heads. Yes, we believe in God. Yes, we trust in God. But our hearts are sunk. Jesus said, if you believe in him, believe also in me. Trust me like you trust God. Well, how do I trust him? Well, things like this. In John chapter 6, verse 39, Jesus said, Well, the Father has given you to me, the believers, and I'm keeping you. You know, there isn't anything, well, outside of yourself, of you wandering away, there isn't anything that's going to come along and snatch you out of the Lord's hands. In fact, it is beautifully described that way in John chapter 10, verses 27, 28, 29. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give to them eternal life, and they shall never stumble, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. My Father and I, we are one. Now, I love that. It's kind of like a, a two-point protection here. Jesus says, nobody is snatching you out of my hands. I'm telling you that, but... You know, even if it were possible, and it's not, but even if it were possible, if they got past me, they'd never get past the Father. Understand that I'm not letting loose of you. Which then begs the question, if He would never let go of us, why on earth would we ever let go of Him? You know, there, there is no power that exists that can snatch you out of the Lord's hands. No power at all. But you and I, we can so easily just walk away. Forsake. In Hebrews chapter 10, for if we sin willfully, after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment, fiery indignation which would devour the adversaries. Anyone who rejected Moses' law died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I'll repay, says the Lord. Again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Time of trouble, I trust in the Lord. I do. I, I take him as a shield. I get behind him. 
Nothing. You know, nothing can penetrate that. And and here I am. He's not going to let go of me. Why on earth would I ever walk away? If you're a child of God today, and that has been your story, you've not really trusted the Lord. Or, or your faith has faltered and you, you constantly look at yourself just kicking yourself like, what's wrong with me? Why, why am I doing this? Listen, reaffirm that faith. Realize again that the truth of God, God's promising you. But, you know, are you letting go the grip? If you're the child of God today who has wandered away or slipped away or drifted away, however you want to phrase it, Today's the day to come back, to reassert your confidence and trust in the Lord, to get behind His shield. If you're not a child of God today, then today gives you the opportunity to face life in a different way. Listen, are are there troubles in the world? Yes, yes, yes. My question is, are you troubled? If you are troubled deeply about the things that are going on in this world, then you're putting your confidence maybe in yourself or some other person. Let's change that narrative. Let's put our trust in the Almighty God and get behind Him as a shield. If you've not obeyed the gospel today, it gives you the opportunity to confess your faith. You believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God raised Him from the dead in having made a commitment to turn away from sin and repentance, you can on that confession be buried in water and have your sins washed away. You'll rise a new creature. Eternal life will be yours. And you can get behind that shield who is Almighty God. If there's anybody who needs to respond today, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come up if you need to while we stand together and sing. A wonderful Savior, Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, where rivers of pleasure I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. The shadows are dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of His love and covers me Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. He hideth my soul 
in the cleft of the rock. The shadows are dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand when clothed in his brightness transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky his perfect salvation his wonderful love I'll shout with the millions on high. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. The shadows are dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand So we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. We'll sing together, How Deep the Father's Love. Ladies. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast Yeah. 
sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me If you do not have your emblems, if you raise your hand, the ushers will provide you with them at this time. John, the one known as the one whom Jesus loved, when he saw Jesus coming from afar away, he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Shortly after these few passages, we see that also he was a lion. Ones that were attempting to make his father's house a house of merchandise, he cleansed the temple and, and um, eliminated the situation at that time. We see that... Christ was also at any time was capable of great destruction. He was capable of ending anything at any time of his great strength and ability he had, but he chose rather to do the will of God. I'd like to read a passage from Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 9. 
He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. And all we, like sheep, have gone astray. And we have turned everyone to his own ways. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of all of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land for the living of the transgression of my people. He was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. How great a sacrifice. Let's give thanks for the bread. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, at this time to come together. Lord, we're thankful to be able to partake of this bread. Lord, we pray that we'll look upon it and be thankful for this in remembrance. Lord, we pray we'll partake of it in a manner well pleasing in thy sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's give thanks for the cup. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, in like manner, we give thanks for this cup, the representation of thy blood. Lord, we're so thankful for the great sacrifice that was given for us. Lord, we pray that we'll examine ourselves and look to thee and pray, Lord, we'll partake of this in a well-pleasing manner. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're also commanded to give. The screen above is many different abilities we have to give. Lord, we pray we'll, we'll do so at this time. Let's give thanks for how he's blessed us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee, Lord, for our, our health, Lord, our strengths, our abilities and skills and talents that you have given each and every one of us. Lord, we pray we'll use that to thy glory. Lord, we pray we'll use it to, to grow thy kingdom and carry out thy will. Lord, we pray we will give with an open heart, with better will towards our men and brethren. Lord, we ask you to bless us as we give. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. As always, if you're visiting with us this morning, we are... Glad you've chosen to take the time to come spend with us this morning. We invite you to come back at any and every opportunity that you may have. Uh, as always, please be mindful of the bulletin that's in the back of the pew in front of you, uh, the sick list, and those that need. Please remember to keep those in prayer. We had 277 in attendance this morning. And for the benefit of those who still may be viewing church from uh, online, we'll go over these announcements just so they're benefits so they can keep up with the goings-on here at church. 
Jordan needs to meet with the all teens and their parents this morning in the little chapel following worship. Also, devotion to Landmark Nursing Home and Rehab is today at 4 o'clock. If you're willing to help with this ministry, please see Doug Smith or Jim Estes. Also today, lads to leaders, the Bible Bowl at 415. You'll meet downstairs in the conference room with Michelle English. Last leaders on Wednesday, 545, room 106. This is for all girls, 6th through 12th grade. You do not have to be registered in lads leaders to participate in the class. You need to get with Carrie Parsons with that. Also a reminder for this evening, John O'Keefe, the Pinevale director, he will be the guest speaker to the combined adult classes today at 5. This will all be in the auditorium. And uh, also a reminder, Ken had mentioned this this morning, but we'll do it again. Everyone is invited to the Holiday Open House at the Forest Home. That's at 19 Kimberly Lane next Sunday, December 5th, which is today, correct? Yeah, I'm reading that. That's what it says in the bulletin, so it may be behind. We're good today, right, from 2 to 4 o'clock. Okay. Uh, also, the Freed Harbor Associates will have their Christmas get-together at the home of Janita Estes on Saturday, December the 11th at 2.30. Please see Janita for further details on that. And also, as we do every year, if you'd like to make a donation to one of our ministries in memory or in honor of a loved one during the holiday season, please pick up a form from the foyer, fill it out, and place it with your check in a box on the table. The envelopes are provided. Please remember this deadline for this is December the 15th. Also, visitation team members for the month of December, your, your assignment will be to send cards to the bulletin board card list each week. Uh, let's use this month to give a blessing to these folks and, and get God give the glory and to reminder the food pantry item this week is rice. I also had a note given to me. It says, please pray for Judy Nichols and family. She is critically ill at the moment and unresponsive. She is my co-worker. She's the uh, mother of Sharon Kennedy, and that's from Melody Woodruff. So please keep the Nichols family in your prayers. That's all the announcements I have at this time. If you'll bow with me, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity that we've had to come and worship you in song and praise. Heavenly Father, we have many of our members here of your church that have loved ones who are sick or who are dealing with upcoming surgeries or suffering from ailments. Father, we ask that you comfort them as only you can. Father, you, we ask that you be with each one of us as we go throughout our everyday lives that we may live it in a way that will be pleasing unto thee and encourage those and introduce those to your word. Father, we thank you for our elders here at the church. We ask you to continue to be with them and bless them that they may lead us in a way that will be pleasing unto thee. Father, continue to go with us throughout this upcoming week and continue to lead, guide, guard, and protect us. And Father, most of all, forgive us for we have failed thee. It's through Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>